0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us?
1: Hi, and welcome to the Arsenal Victory Review podcast on For the Love of McGrath podcast. I made an absolute hams of the intro there, nothing like an intro I've ever done before. But it doesn't matter because I'm over the moon. And while I may have made a hams of the intro, Aston Villa certainly didn't make aims of this game that we played today. They played a pitch perfect game. I think well, what's we a perfect game? But they played a game um, that was full of a grit, determination, heart, and Obviously, full of one more goal than Arsenal as well, because we came out of it with three points. And the wonderful Paddy is here with me today, and he's wearing a jersey that can only be a jersey from a man that played his heart out as well today. He's got the lovely Emmy Martinez goalkeeper's lovely green jersey on today. And uh, for those of you who watch this on YouTube, because I think I'm going to pop it up on YouTube just see, so you, see, so uh, See if we, can, if we can pop it up there as well for, for historical purposes more so than anything else because we certainly don't want to see our visages too much because uh, I don't know about you, Paddy, but my old haggard old West of Ireland face um, might scare away a couple of uh, fans of the podcast. But uh, I've ranted enough, Paddy. How are you doing?
0: I am delighted. I'm in great fan. I've I've had the mother and fathers of all days with work. I had to stop for two hours to watch the game and then get back to it. Um, and I did the whole afternoon with a smile on my face. So I'm very, 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 very happy.
1: That is brilliant. Yeah, not only is it good to hear that somebody is doing a pile of work at the moment, you know, <laughs> and that it's that it's piling in. That is great. But uh, also, look, as well, to be able to do it after an Aston Villa win. And um, yeah, like it's, there's a, there's a kind of a lot to talk about in this game. But at the same time, it would just be kind of mentioning players names and saying that they played really, really well. And that's a fantastic problem to have, you know, I'm not There's like, usually we come we come on here and we're, we're saying, yeah, it was a great win, but it could have been so much more different because VAR nearly fucked us over or something along those lines. But we came into this game today in a game whereby I think both of us, if the truth be told, thought that it might be a step too far, um, for this yeah. team, considering that they did look leggy, are we, you know, that we were, I was beginning to be convinced that they might be leggy after being a big staunch, um, I kind of believer in the statistics and the sports science, and I should have just, I should have just stuck to my guns and believed it because it turned out to be the right hunch. The team went out there today and they defended gritty, and they defended well, and they defended with a great structure to it. And when players were were, were beginning to huff and puff a small bit. There was, there was players change. But before we look into the into the substitutions and so on, a big bombshell that dropped before the game was, the rotation of a certain Brazilian international and Douglas Luiz for uh, marvellous Nakamba. Being honest, Paddy, what were your
0: initial thoughts when you saw it? Well, I honestly didn't know what to make of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at it going, you know, you're, you're looking at the team and you're going, jeez, Nakamba's in there, who's missing? As Louise doesn't obviously jump out off the page straight away, you're looking along the, the strikers obviously to see because you don't expect any changes for the back to pitch. Um, you know Nakamba played a few weeks ago. I think we I think we gave him man of the match, but I think I did anyway. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, he he does he probably deserves a run and does and deserves a start. So you know we can't we can't really argue with with him being included. Um, when I realised he was there. And I looked. I was expecting it to be McGinn, and I saw McGinn was there, and I realised then that Luis was out, and it was like, "Yikes!" <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Um, I think you did call it in the preview that Nakamba yes. might get a, get a run, but I, I don't think you anticipated it was at Dougie's expense.
1: No, but uh, look, look, we're sick of talking about me being right about these things, And <laughs> It's not about me being right. We know I was right, look, but it's not about me being right. <laughs> That's a humble brag there. Uh, i would be honest with you. Like I, I couldn't have made it more, more uh, obvious in the podcast that I was literally just throwing something out to make a talking point. It just happened that the stop <laughs> clock was right, was right in this instance here. Uh, but <laughs> I think Rick Leong will enjoy, Rick Leong will enjoy this one because uh, I told him I was a blind, a blind squirrel that found a nut before uh, about something I predicted. So the blind squirrel came up trips, tricks again. So uh, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, it was, I, I, I look hand on heart. I, I I said at the time I didn't expect it to happen, um, but it wouldn't blow me away if it happened. And I thought it would be for for uh, John McGinn. But when I thought about it, and I sent you a rather lengthy text. and without going into the uh, into the nuts and bolts of the text because uh, uh, there was a bit of frustration behind the text I sent you. Um, I can see why. I can see I I can see why Nakamba was brought in for Douglas Louise and not John McGinn because it, it prompted me to go and look at the statistics and Douglas Louise when pushed pushed a small bit further had his had one of his worst games he, he had he, against against Wolves uh, he graded out as one uh, as one of his worst games and it was actually slightly worse than his uh, his game against um, Newcastle even in a way it, both of those were wins so I think maybe. When uh, I think maybe we were kind of glassed over, kind of Douglas Louise's. Two games there because they were both wins—one against yeah. Wolves, one against Newcastle. And look, this isn't me sticking a boot into Douglas Louise. I still think that he probably he should have come on at some stage today. I was there was times in that game after Nakamba got the other card. I was like, okay, okay, now now it's time to bring on Douglas Louise. Now it's time <laughs> to bring on Douglas Louise. Okay, we know we know what we're going to get here. We can't afford a red card because we were set, we were setting ourselves up to defend. We were mm. we were de- we were digging our heels in there, and uh, Douglas Louise will be back in that team again. Probably, I would say in a week's time, who knows what 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 the issue was with him. But as I said, I said in the villa view, he's not unrotatable. He's twenty two year old guy. Um, sometimes I'm I fall victim of thinking that he's way older. He's maybe 26, 27. He's experienced. He's battle hardened. Maybe it's because he looks so physically well formed for that position. He's he looks like he's got no old head in his shoulders, and he basically dragged us up off our bootstraps last year in the running. You know, so fair play to him. But he's, you know, Nakamba came in today and we're looking for people to put their hands up and show options from the bench because there was times over the summer where it was a case of we were expecting Nakamba to go. And look, he's come in and he's had two sparklers. Like he's had two mm. very, very good games and when he's been asked to do it. And John McGinn ran his heart off today. He's got the most tankless position in, in, in this team because it's not the same position he played at the start of last season when he was grabbing goals against... Against um, Spurs and running past the striker, that's not his position here anymore. His position here is to help out Maddie Cash and to literally run his legs off every game. And uh, I thought he did well. And they brought back in Troyori as well. You know who, for me, was excellent backing tracking back in the first half today.
0: Yeah, he did very well. Thought he he might have ran out a bit of juice there before he was taken off, and that's fair enough. He's doing a completely different role than he's uh, used to, and there's a lot more work involved. So, um, can't fault him. Did absolutely superb for the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, bear in mind that the goal came from Emmy Martinez pinging the ball to him in the middle of the park. Gives it to McGinn. McGinn gives the ball away on, on a ball. Uh, Bertrand Traore runs 25 yards to win the ball back. Mm-hmm. Takes it by the defender, puts the ball across. Uh, Ollie gets a little bit of luck with a deflection I think it probably would have went in anyway I think, it, I think it might have gone in the other corner Hard to say, but look the ball ended up in the back of the net um, You had a bad, a bad start to the podcast Thankfully we didn't have a bad start to the game
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah First 90 seconds for me were pretty atrocious Yeah, yeah. Not, not my normal polished self of course, if there is such a thing uh, But thank, for, thank God for Wally Watkins um, Yeah, and, and you know what? Arsenal had a, Arsenal had a ton of touches of the ball today, and uh, one of the guys he's he's had a very good season. He's had actually a very very good season. Is Rob Holding? But Rob Holding's biggest problem is he stands off people so much. And when you look at it, I can understand why he does it because he's a big block of a man, and 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 in the box like that, he's he's best to stand off Ali Watkins. But Ollie Watkins, he just he always does it. He's he did it at Brentford last season. Um, I must look back to see if he did it in this instance, but I would imagine he did because he had a bit of time when the ball came to him. He kind of gets to that area and takes a step backwards and, um, or or maybe pulls up maybe about a yard short of where you think he would be going to, but holding has about, has about a, or he has about a three to three, three yard buffer on holding at that mm. stage. And all holding can do is try and make himself big and get a touch on the ball. And he did, and it squirted it into the corner and, uh, I thought actually holding was one of our better players today. He was getting up in around the box and he was making a nooses of himself. And you know he had eighty touches of the ball today. He was their he was their third highest. Um, uh, he had the third highest amount of touches after a Granit Xhaka and uh, Saka today. Mm. So like like uh, I I was actually really impressed with him. Thought he
0: was really good. The commentators well, were. I never I never rated him and, and I actually thought you know. he did him really well. It was it was his only mistake. And I think he does that all the time, but you can't afford to do that in the edge of the six-yard box. You've got no, to be
1: tighter. But yeah. but I I think the movement of the striker didn't exactly help him either. I think it was a case of when he when when the striker pulled his run short and and he was given the buffer. Maybe thinking right, I don't want to get too close to him here because it's going to be a penalty. And next thing, the striker pulls up a yard and a half short, and he's on he's on the back foot. And he's like, oh, yeah. I, I'd say in that moment he was kind of like, oh no. I'm after. I'm after getting caught with that run. It, it just kind of looked like that was the situation, and all he could do was kind of spread his legs, really, um, and, and try and try and get a touch in it. But uh, they were a good side. You know, I, I I'm not going to sit here and say that Ar- that Arsenal played poorly today because they they they're good. They they were a good side today. I thought we defended brilliantly. I thought Matty Cash, Matty Target again were imperiously good. Um, they were they were fantastic. I thought Nakamba, as I said. Tyrone Mings was like a bl- brick wall back there. You know, Absolutely. he did. It. Yeah. Oh, he just did. He just did everything he's supposed to do. You know, nodded the ball away. Uh, just you know, okay, he pinged a couple of them out over the line. I don't care. <laughs> Isn't it better than trying to do a curve turn? Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. fifteen yards outside your box and losing it. Mm-hmm. Ping it up the field. Proved what he is
0: today. Really, really good defender. Really, really good. good defender. And, and, and- it was the most solid I think I've seen him in a long time. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and Kanza was fantastic as well. I just, like, literally, I, I said that we could just go through this podcast and say, he was brilliant, he was brilliant, he was brilliant. And yeah. that's what it turned out today was Arsenal made a mistake. We didn't.
0: Well, I, I think the only the only person go, going through the whole team that I didn't think was brilliant was Ross Barkley. And I'm hoping that his reaction when he was taken off was because he didn't think he was brilliant himself and not that he was pissed off, being taken off. Um. I, I, like they all need to be rotated I think it was his turn uh, obviously Dougie didn't start McGinn was taken off the last day so it, it was just his turn today to, to to make way plus I didn't think he had a particularly good game he, he he went missing for long periods of the game and just couldn't get into it and uh, look that's no slight on him when he did get into it I thought he did quite well he played a couple of true balls there that were good he held the ball up well a couple of times but I, I don't think it was one of his better games uh my thought process my thought uh,
1: process on why you kicked the bottle is probably because the exact I, I would do the exact same thing in, in an instance like that, like at times I would have when I was playing. If a player is taken off because he he's playing bad, he probably knows he's playing bad and he doesn't really mind but if you take a player off because he, because you feel that, oh, you're not fit enough or you're you're blowing out your hole and a player doesn't feel like that they're kind of like what do you mean i had another 15 20 minutes in a focus you know I might never yeah. get back into the team again look adrenaline runs high it, it's it's it happens all that time I, like you know there's no way dean smith is going to go over and start trying to try console him there and then because he's got like is going to be as high as a kite after coming off yeah. the field with the you know the endorphins and everything like that they're running through the body let him simmer down put your arm around him an hour after the game and say, listen, you're still a starter on my team. There's no need to be kicking bottles, all right? We took and you I mean, off because the data told us we needed to yeah. take you off. And, Relatively
0: uh, new, you, you, don't, you don't see too many interviews with him and that's why I don't know whether it was because he was pissed off of being taken off or being pissed off at his performance. So yeah. we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but... I think I, I, think I, don't, people, I don't like it. I don't like to see it. I, like, I think Giannis. we knew when we yeah. saw Jack Grealish getting taken off and he was sitting in a huff and, on the... Yeah, on the bench, the you know Jack well enough to just have a good laugh at that. Yeah. But this one, I'm not so sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: look, I'm. I mean... No, don't get
0: me wrong. I'm sure he really wanted to go and finish off the game and, and beat Arsenal and see it out. Um yeah. I suppose coming from Chelsea, there wouldn't be much love there at all. So, mm-hmm. um as I said, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I don't really like when players do that. I think I think it's a bit disrespectful.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't make too much of it. Andy Gray made a huge piece out of it in BN Sports as well, and uh, yeah, switch, I looked at it. I went, kick the bottle. What about it? You know, I've often come out. I've often come off and been taken off my boots and fired them against the wall, like it's just like frustration, maybe at myself, or you know, you know, you <laughs> might be going, oh, I don't want to be told that I'm not fit enough because I break my arse in training every week or whatever. You know, uh, that's that that would be my thought process, on it. But then again, he could have. Like, I don't think he's he's doing it saying. You know, giving given dean smith the two fingers look it's 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 much ado do about nothing it's much for me it, it would be much to do about nothing but i preferred it that he didn't give the cameras uh something to pick up on maybe exactly. yeah. um d- 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 there was something running through my mind there and i was going to was a particular passage of play I wanted to bring up, but this is great. Once again, look. Talk amongst yourselves there, everybody, while you're (laughs) listening to the podcast, when I start thinking
0: this. uh, I mentioned a couple of true balls, and Ollie Barkley. uh, Ollie Barkley? Uh, Yeah. I'm getting getting as mixed up as you now. There's the Tiger Bureau now. Ross Barkley played a great ball through to, to Bertie at one stage, and... He was caught in two minds whether put his lace through it or try and lob the keeper. Probably yes. went with the wrong, probably went with the wrong decision. You know, would have liked to see him take him on at the near post, maybe, or try and whip one into the top corner, but he opted to try and chip him. But Matt Ryan is a big beast of a man, and he stayed yeah. up as long as he could and managed to get the save, which is unfortunate because I think that would have killed him off at that stage.
1: Yeah, I remember the two things I wanted to say now. So number one was uh, uh, the jersey you're wearing. Um, we saw that jersey probably. I don't know how high your washing line is, Paddy, at home. I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> seven or eight foot or nine foot high. But when uh, when Emmy <laughs> Martinez got up to that granite jacka free kick, Ty Bracy put a, a still shot of it up on uh, on on Twitter, and like he's out jumped the frame of the goal when he saves it. It's ridiculously high when he gets his hand to it. So my I'm thinking that that's the highest that that jersey has ever been provided you don't have a big massive <laughs> uh, uh cosline at home but it's uh yeah as i say he was fantastic today emmy martinez emmy martinez was great today and 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 the reason i was bringing that up was because I put a piece up on twitter and i'm actually i recorded a game today and i'm going to try and i am going to try and do my Jamie Carragher at the at the, the sky wall thing where I start showing things uh, I, with the breakdown in for the corner because it's really interesting. I've been t- talking about it for the last couple of last couple of weeks about how Aston Villa defend corners. It wouldn't be wouldn't have been my preference of corners, but I can completely understand why they're doing it. And you know, when you've got somebody in the team, maybe like a John McGinn, that may not be good in the air, and this is what I think is the situation. At, at they're they're putting him in a zone at the back post, all right. They're putting him in the back post zone, and they're trying, they're making sure the defenders are out in front of him, and they're clearing a pathway away for Emmy Martinez to also marshal that back post if the ball yes. is floated over. So my thought process is here, and I could be one million percent wrong, but I pretty sure that this is why they're doing it is they're trying to hide McGinn at the back post yes we saw Gabrielle coming around to try and mark him and to try and get a mismatch at the back post but I think that Dean Smith is okay with that I know the rebuttal is going to be that we've been caught twice by it: one against Burnley and once against Vestergaard uh, for, for Southampton but the corner kicks need to be absolutely perfect, because if you think about it, it has to clear all the bodies in front of him. And Emmy Martinez has to be hemmed in on the line by other players as well, which doesn't happen too often because of the way we defend it. If you look at it, we get players out from him. You look again against Southampton last week. They put Michel Antonio on Emmy Martinez, and there's a reason for that, because of the size of Michel Antonio is just hard to get around him. Um, but sometimes even if, players, if they put a player on the goalkeeper, we're moving him out of the way so he can make his way back to the back post if the ball is going over. And that's Emmy Martinez's ball. And all Jack, all uh, John McGinn is there to do is to put off the guy that's there or to be an extra um, a speed bump, essentially, because he's not going to stop him. So yeah. for me, it's about hiding him at the back post. And you have to think about the percentages of how good that cross needs to be to hit that man at the back post perfectly. And you think about it in this way that... When you're taking a free kick in and around the box, you put a wall there so that he can't just take a shot straight at the position he wants to shoot. He has an obstacle to get over. So when you're taking that corner, you've got this mass of players that you want to avoid if you need to get to the back post. So you can't just kind of have a hit and hope into the back post. You need to have, you need to, have to avoid them. So you have to really put it on the money to get it, to get a goal at the back post from a corner. And it's not to say that it's impossible because we've seen it twice already this year. But for me, that's my thought process that if Emmy Martinez, the other team have to hem him in and like make sure that he can't move inside there in a fair way without grappling him to the ground and so on, which is very difficult because we see him grab the ball at the back post quite a lot. You have to do that, number one. And then, number two, you have to have a corner kick. You have to, If the fella can take a corner kick, they can put it right in your face. And Robbie Brady could do it for Burnley. And uh, James Ward-Prowse could do it for Southampton. But very few people, and I'm open to correction on this, they're just the two that come to mind, are able to do that. But it's really, really interesting, because the commentators even picked up with it, that Gabrielle is unmarked at the back post. He's there, or Gabriella, a mismatch with McGinn at the back post, they mentioned it uh, for, uh, yeah. for a period of time. And it happens. And... A, there must be a method to our, it must be a method to the madness. And that's my hypothesis, hypothesis as to why that happens. And I think I'm pretty much on the money
0: because I can't see any other reason why. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're probably not far off the mark. Um, it, it always worries me to see a big centre half roaming around and he, he, and he was given the freedom at all the set pieces. So much so that he, I don't think he was sure what he wanted to do himself. <laughs> he was just kind of a bit lost, like, who's who's picking me up here? He was looking over his shoulder, and he was just, you know, because they said it, like, what I noticed at the first corner, that he was completely unmarked, and then it was mentioned after maybe the second one. And after that, then, he he just, he was at a loss to where to, where to be at. Uh, to be running yeah. to or, or where he even started his run from. Mission accomplished. So, so. yeah, <laughs> <Bamboozling absolutely. him. laughs> And you know, it, it, it's a lot harder job when when a when a big guy is running from deep, as we've seen with uh, the Ben Me one coming arriving late at the back post on a direct run, as opposed to an arc run, where you're not going to get the same power on the header. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm sure we I'm sure we've done our homework in how Arsenal line up for their corners. You know, we've had plenty of them to look at so far this season. And look, it was job done. We kept, we kept him at bay uh, at set pieces and, and in, in normal play. Um, God knows there was enough set pieces, thanks to the whistle-happy referee, that I'm not going to let very, off very the strange. mark either today. Very strange, man. Absolutely terrible he was today. Like it, it really felt like we were playing against an extra man, especially in the first half. But and Paddy, it was really funny because a half time he came out, he came out after half time and start giving us everything. It was like as if he went in and saw the two yellow cards he's after being gi- given and went, "Oh, I better even this up a bit." It was absolutely woeful. Paddy, did you not listen to Martin Keown? I'd say you were
1: watching him be in BN, BN sports. No, Wars, I right? actually didn't Martin Keown. Yeah. Ma- Martin Keown, we were targeting Sacco. Uh, we were targeting Sako. Uh Who? What was it? He said that Nakamba went through him. Or no, he. Uh, yeah, he went through or he did him or he, he went through him or something like that. He flicked his shin pad. Like there was like Martin Keown was hilarious today. I like Martin Kion usually on commentary, but... My God, the bias biased factor was out in spades today, and I know he played for both teams. And actually, he was he was pretty complimentary to Villa, but he made it seem like Villa were hatchet men all together today. But it just wasn't the case. And then Jack Relish gets kicked or gets pushed at one stage, and he goes, "Oh, he loves doing that, doesn't he?" Buying free kicks, and you're like, "Get off it! Come on, for well, God's he, sake!" He
0: was as biased as the referee. I I I, I don't <laughs> get him. I really don't because you know, it's the very reason I don't subscribe to any of these sports channels because they roll out this celebrity, so-called ex-professional who knows the stuff, and nine times out of ten, they talk complete shite. <laughs> he, offer, he offers absolutely nothing in the way of Aston Villa and is completely pro-Arsenal.
1: But I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing, Paddy. So it's it's like I, would, I wouldn't mind listening to somebody who is being what the Americans would turn a color commentator. So what that would be is to... Basically, so you've got a commentator who's just commentating on the ball goes left to Sacco, Sacco plays it back in the center to Jacko, or whatever. And then they then they turn around to somebody for analysis, slight analysis to put color on the picture. That's what it's called a color commentator. In I, I, That's what I was told. I was, I was told that <laughs> by somebody and um, but he wasn't. All the only colours he was putting in the picture were well, blue and yellow today, but red and white for Arsenal. You know, so you're supposed to paint a picture of two of of the colours of both sides. And and I think the big problem is there. Look, we play against teams like United. They've got they've got uh, uh, Gary Neville. You play against Liverpool. You've got Jamie Carragher, who, in fairness, does stay pretty unbiased in the main until
0: until Liverpool go behind. Uh, uh, yes, but that's he like,
1: but but he's a Liverpool fan, so when we were up seven two, you know, I can understand why he was a bit pissed off in that game. Yeah. Um, Never missed a chance to say seven two, uh, but,
0: uh, <laughs> no, but it's just completely wrong. If you if you get if, if we'd have had Jamie Carragher there today, he would have been completely impartial, which it would have been, been brilliant. It would have been brilliant. would have
1: been brilliant. And Steve McManaman, when we're
0: like sometimes Steve McManaman
1: when we were played when we played Man City as well. Like you know, my, my big thing is why have ex professionals have them in the studio where they can be as biased as they want and stand up for their team, but having them in a commentary
0: booth for me is a bit when you have, far. When you have to listen to it for the whole game. Is it's, yeah. It's, yeah, like it's, it's biased from the top down so that the, the TV guys are, are biased and they're playing to the masses of the glory hunting fans by having these guys in place and you know you just want a bit of impartiality if I watch Liverpool tomorrow I, d- I don't want to be listening to Jamie Carragher I don't want to you know I think Jamie Carragher is quite good when he's impartial but I, I, don't, I don't want to listen to him I, I don't see the point of it I want to listen to somebody who can stand there or sit there at, at the match and and not talk too much either. They're there as a secondary commentator. Speak mm-hmm. when you need to speak. Just just keep your Steve McManaman, He he takes over the commentary when Anyway, we're going off on a tangent. The referee for, was for, poor. We're not letting that go. I thought <laughs> he, I thought he made two poor decisions with the yellow cards. Um I thought I thought he was very rude when Jack went to speak to him at one stage.
1: Mm.
0: Jack's the captain. He's quite entitled to come and ask a question. Um, and he wasn't doing the same for Arsenal. he's explaining everything to them. And you're just scratching your head going, like, what's the point? And for the first, as I said, the first, team, first 15 minutes of the second half, I would imagine the TV was playing on loop in the dressing room. Those decisions he made in the first half and the 50-50s. He gave everything to Arsenal.
1: At Villa in the, yeah, in the second dance
0: half. in the first half yeah, yeah and then yeah, 15 yeah. minutes every 15 50-50 we got yeah, yeah.
1: Look,
0: which is good two wrongs yeah. don't make a right either no Just no, 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 no no for the whole game and that, that's all we asked for absolutely so I'm, not, not. I'm not letting that overshadow the fact <laughs> that we, we, we went and we beat 12 men today because that's the way it felt for long periods of the game Uh I thought we were awesome from start to finish I thought everybody gave their all I thought our offense defence was absolutely immense and yeah. You know, I think there's a big shout out there for Tyrone Mings for the Lakers sportsman of the match. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Credit where is due. He played out of his skin. He got stuck in. Uh, there was no momentary lapse of con- concentration in the whole game. And uh, you know, the, the the Twitter warriors won't be out in force this weekend. Uh, do I you know how many touches of the ball Tyrone Mings had?
1: Go on. Tyrone Mings only touched the ball 38 times in that game. Jeebus. And every single and twenty eight or more passes. So Tyrone yeah. Mings was very efficient before with, with his play. Um, I I am with you, Tyrone Mings. I want to give an honourable shout out or an honourable mention to Matty Cash. Yeah. Matty Cash is and
0: maybe Martin as well. Obviously, wouldn't <laughs> yeah for this. No, we for, wouldn't be there without
1: him uh, for that save. And I managed to shuffle his feet and kick one away. Remember when I got the really? he took the clip off Kanza. Yeah, and they go. Uh, the commentators were wondering. They were like what the hell happened there? Why did he do that? And when you saw it, it was actually a really, really good save. Um, I thought both goalkeepers were pretty good today. I thought Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan made a couple of saves. There was one or two that just bounced in front of him. And for a guy who hasn't played since, I think it was December, it was actually since Brighton beat us in December of last year, Of of, of the last season, should I say, I don't think he's played in in the league since they mentioned something along those lines. But Matty Cash, I thought, was excellent today. Matty Cash uh, carried the water for us today. The most touches of the ball, he had the... he had the most passes of the ball today. He passed the ball 44 times. He had 61 touches. We were down on the amount of touches and passes that we normally have in games today for obvious reasons because we didn't we didn't have hardly any possession. But Maddie Cash for me is 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 very, very, very uh he's very high up there on my uh and uh and, and my man crushes with uh with this team at the moment. He's just so good. He's never uh he's never um He's never, well, he, he always looks like he's overwhelmed because he goes at everything 90 miles to the gallon, which is brilliant. Not a criticism of him when I say you look overwhelmed, but he hopes at absolutely everything. He's just brilliant. And uh, he bombed on today and he got, he got down the wing and and um you can see it. You can see there's been a bit of a change in the last couple of weeks to try and arrest the, the um, Arrest the situation we had. Maybe with losses. Whereby Traore is getting very few touches of the ball now, but he's defending very, very doggedly. Yeah. Trezeguet comes on. Trezeguet, Trezeguet comes on, and uh, how many touches? Trezeguet only had ten touches of the ball when he came on. Traore only had twenty-seven touches of the ball. Um, you know, so like on that right hand side for our wingers, they only had thirty-seven touches of the ball through, throughout the whole game. That's that's with two players. That's not a lot at all. That would have been. Uh, comfortably, it would have been last of all touches in the Arsenal team and that's between two men, you know, so uh, the guy defended really, really well and Trezeguet was the perfect sub to bring on because he's really good to see out a very disciplined performance on that right wing there, so if we were bringing on Trezeguet to chase a game, it's 50-50 all right. He, he comes up at the back post with goals and stuff like that. And it's fantastic. And this is not slighting him, but when you bring him on, you're one nil up. This goes back to what I've said on Twitter a couple of times. We're a very good front runner because we have such a good disciplined system and we have players now that are comfortable playing in it. A la Trezeguet, who comes on today and just, just shuts down that right wing while offering an outlet to get down the wing with decent pace, a decent delivery. And as we know, Pops up at the back post every so often for a goal. So, um squad usage today, I think was spot on from Dean Smith. Maybe look hindsight is 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 twenty twenty. Looking back at the game, I I know I said about Nakamba. Was I fully behind it when I saw it? Full disclosure: uh, I there was there was definitely I was probably about sixty eight percent happy, thirty two percent kind of nervous. Um, when I saw a change in midfield that was Nakamba for for Douglas Louise. Um. But overall, look you just have to be really happy happy with the with the performance as well today. Jacob ramsey came on he had three touches of the ball and two of them were absolutely majestic one was one one was where he just like rolled his foot over the ball and absolutely goosed granite jack and I think in the middle of the field and then took the ball on and had a shot and and you know showed great confidence. I love that mm-hmm. um. So, fair play to him. He's like, uh, it's great to see him being trusted coming there when you've got 14 million pounds of a Frenchman there too, who will have his day in the sun as the, the, as the games go on. So, delighted. Just literally, literally, absolutely thrilled with that game today. We've six days to bask in the glory of that game.
0: And uh, just, just uh, a quick shout out there was an incident in the first half that went largely unnoticed where um, Mings was overloaded by two Arsenal players. And he goaded the, the attacking player into passing it to the guy out wide, but he absolutely read the interception perfectly. Oh yeah. It was it was absolutely brilliant to watch. So, so if you get a chance, if you are looking back at the game, have a look at it. It's mm. about 20, 25 minutes in. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, he just goaded him into passing the ball, and then the minute he swung to pass the ball, he was on to the, the to cut out the pass. It was brilliant. Yeah. So uh yeah. Fair but
1: that, that's one of the reasons I have him as my man of the match. I thought it was really great. Tyrone Wings, absolutely Laker Sports man of the match. And that's not actually a bad time to kind of let you guys know that we have a website. I finally did it. Uh, got the finger out. Uh, um And you'll be able to find stuff there. We just have, like, I, want, I want, <laughs> realistically, all I wanted to do was... Put up and keep a track of who was getting this man the matches because I can't remember from one game to the next. I know we've probably given like 40 of them already, even though we've only had 19 or 20 games. We've given over 40 of them to um, to Emmy Martinez. But I just wanted to keep a track to see because it'd be interesting to come back at the end of the year. So uh, if anybody has them written down somewhere and could send them on to me via DM, it would save me having to listen back to all the podcasts. So I could pop them up on the I'm website. would like say, but yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah Any one of the seven listeners that we have that will be able to, to, to DM them on to me, that would be fantastic. Um. But uh, that's my job now after this, is to go back and listen to the endings of all the podcasts that, we, that Paddy has had to remind me about the, the Lakers-Sportsman a match um, to do. But uh, yeah, we'll be having a bit of crack on there. We'll, we'll throw up a small few, um, uh, you know, we'll it'll evolve as time comes. But um, basically, look, it's going to be a landing page for... For if anybody wants to buy one of our hats, they're up on the website as well. Uh, you'll be able to see there's a shop there. I do have to have full disclosure when putting the shop up there. The shipping rates are calculated by the supplier. They may be slightly different to the ones that were charged previously, especially for Canada and North America. There might be a slight increase. Um, just as I say, out, out of our hands with regards to that, that's the uh the the um the the uh, the, the the service operator. What am I trying to say? The the postage company the pony express whatever you want to call them, i can't remember uh that's that's what they're charging and, and look it's 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 just one of those things that is uh that is generated based on the size of the parcel and, and the and, and the weight of it so uh yeah as i say um apologies about that but the hands are hands are tied with that and it's not coming to us i suppose really but i just want wanted full disclosure on that one there um but all other prices are uh remain untouched um and that's really going to kind of do it. As I say, thanks to everybody for listening. It's always good to come on here and chat about a victory. Um, it's always good to come, come on here and drown our sorrows as well in a defeat as well. But give me more victories than defeats. I, I'd, uh, I'd prefer those. Before we go, I want to leave you with a statistic. And a happy statistic. And I'm going to bring it up on my phone because I just found it five minutes beforehand here. I had to go digging for it because I had to make it myself. And it was... Uh, Emmy Martin is on 11 clean sheets at the moment in the Premier League. This year. Paddy, we're going to play a quiz. Who is... So there's only two goalkeepers in the Premier League era who have higher clean sheet records in a year. Can you name them? Can you tell me how many clean sheets they had? And can you tell me the years that they had them in? So name the goalkeepers first. Anyway, see if you can name the two goalkeepers.
0: Um,
1: Alison. No, 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 Aston Villa goalkeepers. Aston Villa goalkeepers goalkeepers. Oh no no,
0: only two only
1: two Villa goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um Brad Friedel. Correct. Uh 0809. Oh, hit pause. 910? Yes. And Buzzy. Yes. Uh, 95 96? Correct.
1: <laughs> just goes to show, Paddy doesn't read my Twitter either, because I put that up just before we started recording. And uh, <laughs> but actually, this is, real, <laughs> this, this is the real this the re- real acid test. How many clean sheets did Bazi have in in 96
0: Oh God,
1: fifteen. Uh, no, close. It was thirteen. And how many did Brad Friedel have, uh, which is higher, uh, in zero nine zero zero
0: nine ten? I feel like I should know this one. Um... You
1: might have said it for the last answer. Fifteen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen. So, with seventeen games remaining, Emmy Martinez could join exalted company in probably our two two best goalkeepers in the in the in the Premier League era. And we're one season in with him, guys. One season in with him. Dean Smith knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, and Jack Relish is on course for ten and ten. Ali Watkins has has ten goals or eleven goals. Does he have ten or eleven goals? Ten goals uh, in Premier League already. I read a great statistic. It's taken him twenty one games to get to ten goals. It took him, um, no, it's after flying out of my mind. No, I think it like took him thirty two games to get to ten goals in League Two, and it took him thirty four games to get to our League One, and it took him thirty four ga- games to get to ten goals in, in the Championship. He's got to 10 goals in 21 games in the Premier League. Man's going to be a star if he keeps going the way he is and he's worked great as well. And I think, you know, we're, we're going to have an international break coming up soon. I want to do a full week on Ali Watkins' breakdown and how good he is because uh, the man is a sparkler. Really, really is. And we're going to end it at that because I'll get too excited and Paddy has somewhere to be. Um, <laughs> so thanks everybody for I listening. I have a
0: room to be to do a Zoom quiz. That's, That's <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, we're back to Zoom <laughs> quizzes again here. we breaking lockdown or
1: something. <laughs> Break, yeah, we're, we're back to Zoom quizzes here in Ireland again because we're uh, we're in lockdown so long again, but uh, they've grown back to Zoom quizzes. Um, but listen, guys, great victory. Thanks every, so much for everybody for listening. You can catch Paddy on at Paddy You can catch me on that love my pod and um, thanks for everything you do for the podcast thanks for listening thanks for the kind words that we get uh, get the whole time it really really means a lot as we said la- of the last podcast lockdown's getting you down you need you, you need to just talk mindlessly about Aston for that give us a shout we're just a dm away and um, there's one or two guys i won't mention who they were did it actually they mentioned that they, they, they chatted to me during the weekend uh no it's great it's great to just get chatting to know people as well and um Hopefully, hopefully it makes a difference um, because uh, we get the opportunity to do this here and get stuff off our chest sometimes as well but um, we're going to leave it at that Aston Villa have equaled their points total of, of last season already and we have 17 games to go I, as I said in the Villa view I think we're not going to be relegated and all that's left to say is up the Villa
0: up the Villa